number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. It's a Thursday inside the Sports Cage. Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Weiland. And today's show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. And their new summer feature menu. And believe it or not, summer's coming to an end here. That's not fair. But the feature menu is including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, and cocktails. Jalapeno. There, I said it right. Jalapeno. Felt like I slurred it there to kick off the show, Blaine. Off to a rough one. Hey, man. You know, I was going to say, you know, you were always talking about those candlestick fries. I... A couple weeks ago, me and Ballsy went out to the Kenyan Brew House for a nice meal. We actually were watching oh, the yeah. Stampeders Blue Bombers game. Of course, I had to try the candlestick fries. One of the biggest regrets of my life, never went to Candlestick Park, but the candlestick fries definitely lived up to it. And I'm not sure if you ever went to, like, have you ever been to the West Coast for, like, baseball, like Seattle, yes, I have. California? San Francisco, Seattle. Don't Oakland. you just smell garlic all the time? Oh, I know. And I mean, I love it's it. It's a beautiful scent. I love it. I mean, that, and that's what it really tasted like with that garlicky. Oh, I just those baseball parks and like that garlic scent. Oh, I just I love it. More of the story. Glenn love her. Uh, Glenn Blaine. Your name's Blaine, right? Blaine loved the candlestick fries because he thought of Candlestick Park, the former home of the San Francisco 49ers, and. Well, I think the Giants played there, too, for a while. Yep. And the home of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders Mosaic Stadium, I could tell you what, the Labor Day Classic is almost sold out. Just a couple hundred tickets left. I was counting the dots earlier today. Yeah, I'm one of those geeks that counts the dots. You pulled a Van Stone. Yeah. Have you ever counted the dots, Blaine? That's my question. Have you? Don't lie to no, me. I uh, estimate, no. I do an estimate a speed count. I can't sit no. there and wreck my eyes like no. that. So it looks like, uh, I want to say ballpark like a couple hundred. You know, I gave up at around like 57, I think. 57 seats I counted. And I was like, what am I doing here? I got work to do. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff. Of course, on Sunday, and the pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli will be on the air at 2 p.m. So it's going to be a fun game. The Labor Day Classic, oh, it's just it's just a different type of feeling, that game. I mean, Blaine, when I think back to my childhood, I just think of the Labor Day Classic, all those great memories, the Rocky Butler game. We've been asking our listeners all week, and by the way, you could always... The text line is open all show long. Let's hear from you. Let's hear your excitement about this Labor Day Classic. Text us up, 306-936-6262. Text us anything you want. Labor Day Classic memories. But, Blaine, what's uh, the one thing that comes oh. to mind when it comes to the Labor Day Classic for you? Favorite game? You yeah. know, the one I missed in the last, since like 1990 was the Rocky Butler game. That was the only one I've missed. They lifted the blackout on that game, and I remember watching it in my living room at my old house. I was not at that game either. What a shame, huh? Oh, what a crying shame. I think my favorite one, one of my favorite ones was the one, I want to say it was late 90s, and they demolished the Bombers, like 56-4. to four. I think Kevin Mason was the quarterback that year, mm. and I just remember it because I remember sitting in the stands, and then the Bombers opened up the scoring with a single. I might have been mixing up my years. It was one of the years the Riders blew him out. 
a bomber and the bombers open up the scoring with a rouge. And I remember a bomber fan saying, well, this game is over. And the Riders just stomped all over the Blue Bombers right after that. I just remember sitting in the crowd thinking, well, but 2007 was the best one with Kerry Joseph in that uh, running touchdown. I, I don't think that might be one of the all-time games, period, uh, in terms of Rough Riders I've ever been to. But that when Kerry Joseph ran in, that quarterback yeah. draw, oh. I can't. Re- I remember running up and down the stadium, zone. the yeah. seats, that one. Like, that, that's probably the all-time favorite. I think you're thinking of 1995 when... And the Rough Riders beat the Bombers fifty-six to four. I did call it right, fifty-six to four. Yeah, you did say ninety-five, right? I said fifty-six to four. I remember the score. I yeah, you remember, remember the, the score. Yeah, yeah. How my, can you forget my, that? My first ever Rider game, Blaine, was in nineteen ninety-six. The Riders won forty-one to twenty-three that day. That was when the Bombers wore those uh, blue helmets. Remember those? They wore blue helmets for oh, a bit there those, in the nineties. Those gold jerseys. Yeah, those ugly they gold were jerseys. Ugly, like. Y- you don't think that those unis and those colors could get any uglier, but they made it happen. Oh, in yeah, the those 90s. were some bad jerseys, eh? Like, Bomber fans should be ashamed. Bomber fans, if you're listening, you should be ashamed of your team's unis that you wore in the 1990s. Especially what the Riders are going to be rolling out Sunday, eh? Oh, those are the yeah. best jerseys in the league. Like, compared to the, what the Riders will be taking the field in on Sunday, you compare those unis to what the Bombers will be trotting out there. I mean, it's not even close. We have a call here, Blaine. Let's take a live caller here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Who's calling in today on the sports cage? There, this is John Habson. How are you doing? John, how are you doing, my friend? Are you ready for Labor Day? Please give I us am. some good vibes today. The last couple of weeks, John's been in the dumps when it comes to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Please tell me it's different. I think it is going to be, you know, um, and I hope Winnipeg comes in cocky and their heads are swelled and the Riders beat them. Yeah, what, what's the score going to be? How's this game going to go down? Well, if the Riders win, it'll be they'll, they'll score 30 points and uh, Winnipeg will score like 28. It'll be close. But yeah. they can't do, uh, Zinger, they can't do like they did against BC, have a 31-13 lead and then... Uh, get cocky because Winnipeg scores 40 points a game. Yeah, I know. Hey, thanks for the call, John. we got to get to Coach oh. Dickinson who uh, chatted with the media after practice today. A great opportunity to to um, put our best foot forward against a very strong football team and a team that we, you know, you got to play them all eventually, so I think we're playing our best football right now, and um, I'm looking forward to the game. The Labor Day Classic, does it mean something special? It, it means a little more. Yeah, I mean, it just, it it's a, a good reminder. I showed the players today on, on the overhead. The season's, you know, it's winding down. It's certainly, there's a lot left, but we're past the midway point. You know, our packed, our practices where we can use pads are down to our last three or four. So the guys know we're getting into that fall football season where the games start meaning a little bit more and, and the season starts wrapping up. Craig, you don't normally stop practice to hold a team meeting. You did today. What was that about? Yeah, I just didn't think, uh, whatever, I didn't do a good job of communicating the expectations. Um, we wanted to practice a little bit of situational football at the beginning, and I just felt like we weren't quite as tuned in or as focused as we should have been. So I just wanted to re-emphasize what we were trying to get out of the situation and then just go from there. You feel like they responded to that? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that they weren't trying. I just felt like I didn't do a good job of communicating what we were trying to get out of it. So I just brought them in. Hey, let's re-emphasize what we want, make the first things first, and make sure we know what we're trying to get. What, what kind of vibe? Or, sorry, Daryl. What, what did you want from them? Well, I just wanted, too many guys were on the ground. I wanted intensity and I wanted effort, but I wanted guys to stay up. So I just reemphasize that. What kind of vibe or buzz is there as Labor Day 
the Labor Day, Labor Day game approaches. Just there's just that vibe. Like first of all, you start getting a lot of football. I know the the Rams play on Friday, so there's always that energy that the college season is starting. You get the bugs and the hornets starting to fly around a little <laughs> bit more in the fall. Um, and there's just that there's just that feeling that these games you're running out of chances. So you want to put your best foot forward and and try to get hot at the end. Do you believe in that old thought of that the CFL season really begins after Labor Day or with? Labor Day? No, I think you, you know you can bank wins early that certainly help you. But it's true, like everybody's still in the hunt um, because you know six of the nine make it. So the real the real uh, you know positioning I think does begin at Labor Day. But I you know I wouldn't say that the season doesn't uh, start when it does. It just feels like after Labor Day you can you can start to see where you're going to finish a little bit easier. Craig, how important in the locker room is Larry Dean? Super important. Yeah, he's like a coach on the field. Uh, we talked a little bit about leadership today at our team meeting, and Larry checks all the boxes. He's he's an absolute pleasure to have on the on the team, and you know I feel like he really leads leads that group in the locker room, not just the defense, but the team in general. What's it say about a player to reach 100 games in the CFL? And it's, he it's, has yeah. more because he played yeah, in the NFL as well. It's quite an accomplishment. It's not easy, you know. If you think about it. Um, you know, there's 18 games, but guys get nicked up and get hurt. So to get 100 games is special. The guys that get 200, it's an amazing feat. And then the guys like Gene Mikowski that, you know, are 270, you shake your heads and wonder how they did it. What do you think helped Larry come back from that Achilles tear? Just strong, strong faith. I think he's a man of God. I also believe he's a very good family man, very well grounded. And he's always been that way. You look at his past, he's always been a leader. He's always been a guy that players and other people look up to so I just think he's very strong mentally he's got a great emotional uh, stability and he's a man of faith and he I think he believes is there a decision at left tackle between uh, council and often yeah yeah Which, who's gonna go we're through? not gonna tell you today but they're they're competing for sure council looks good um, but Lofton's had a good a good couple of weeks too so we'll see how it plays out we're starting to get healthy on the old line and it's exciting because it it allows us to move people around a little bit and and hopefully put our put our best team out there. It just seems like there's continuity from that BC game. I don't know if there's any other positions that are that are going to change. No, not too much. But you know, we'll, we'll it is. You know, we're still a little nicked up. You know, a couple guys still didn't practice today that we'd like to see out. Hopefully, we get them out tomorrow and and we can hit the ground running. But the idea is to have the same 45 play week in week out. And if you can do that, you got a chance. Craig, what do you say about the way that Jarrett Stearns has adapted to the CFL here? Yeah, really, he's, he's adapted very nicely. You know, one of the nicest things his coaches said about him early when he came in was that you only have to tell him something once. He's very smart, picks things up quickly, and he's adapted very well. Looks like he's very comfortable out there. How close are you excited about him making him a starter on this team, him getting his first CFL touchdown? What do you expect from him in the weekend? Yeah, like just keep getting better. You know, I, I expect good work from these guys and, and effort, and he brings that every day. And I think the plays will come if you do that. How close are we seeing to seeing some of these other guys who've been on the sixth game? Uh, do we expect Lennius back at some point? No, Lennius no. will not be back. Blake's got a chance late in the season. Um, Trevor's going to be a, you know, last game or two sort of thing. But these guys are working hard, you know, and they don't want to be in the training room during practice. So I, I'm encouraged by what we're seeing from the guys that are on sixth game. What about Milligan? Milligan probably is a stretch to get him back. You know, he's still hobbled pretty good. What about Cox Jr.? Um, he's still he's still a ways away. I'm into game ball themes this week. Yeah, uh, you gave one to Kosi after the the uh, BC game. What was it that? Uh, well, he was super productive. 
you know, we want to always emphasize production because that's that's what wins you games. But he's also shown a lot of growth, Rob, in terms of where he came in as a rookie a couple years ago and then where he is now. So he's just been a very valuable member of the team, and we felt like that game he had against BC was worthy of a game ball. I mean, four special teams tackles, that's a lot when you that's consider a lot. the amount yeah. that had been done in five years. Yep. What does that say about him? The effort. Effort and toughness. He's starting to believe, and he's taking the, the techniques that we're teaching in practice and using them in the game, and, and he's playing hard. That's the, that's the other thing. He's playing very hard. Thank you. <laughs> That's Riders head coach Craig Dickinson after practice today on this Thursday. And the biggest news of the day in the Canadian Football League, the Toronto Argonauts have made quarterback Chad Kelly the highest paid player in the CFL with a three-year contract worth nearly $2 million. So uh, the 29-year-old inked this three-year extension today. And by the way, his agent is from Saskatoon. Did not know that until today. Uh, Kelly's agreement is worth six hundred and fifteen thousand in twenty twenty four, and six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in hard money for each of the last two years. So if Chad Kelly, no disrespect, obviously to Chad Kelly, that's great money. But if he's making that type of money, just imagine, just imagine the dollar bills that Nathan Rourke would be wheeling in if he came back to the Canadian Football League. Hey, we're going to hit the break. On the other side, a brand new segment here on the Sports Cage alongside our good friend Blaine Wyland. Cannot wait to hear this. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, back in the cage for the Canadian Brew House. 306-936-6262 is the text line. And I mentioned a brand new segment making its debut right now. You don't have to wait any longer for it. Alongside our friend Blaine Wyland inside the Riders locker room today. Yeah. We're starting a new segment here, so I figured we'll start with number 99, Charbel DeVere and Charbel. We're talking about our favorite things. Or your favorite things. Okay. So first Damn off, right. we're going to start off with favorite number. Favorite number? It's got to be 99, you know. I just, I just think it looks cool. It's a, it's a number you remember, 99. I just love it. It's just been my number ever since. Your favorite football memory? Favorite football memory, probably my first NFL game. Bills against Ravens, 2013 at Bill Stadium. Great, great atmosphere. Uh, just made me love the game so much more. Favorite football player growing up? Favorite football player growing up? Growing up, as a young kid, for some reason, I was a big DeAnthony Thomas fan. But then, uh, my man from the Ravens, you know. Lamar? Uh, no. Freaking, Oh, how do I defense? Yeah. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yes. Ray Lewis. Really all the Legion of Boom. Everybody in the Legion of Boom from Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I was going to ask your favorite player growing up. Favorite player growing up. That was definitely Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was just, made me want to hit, hit everybody. Pretty good. I mean, he's a hurricane, but he's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you. More like P.U. <laughs> you want to stay bad. Okay. All right. 
Favorite sport other than football? Favorite sport? I was a big soccer player growing up. I was actually, me and my cousin and my brother, playing uh, uh, youth France team back home and stuff. And now my cousin plays with the USA team, actually. He's with the French team and plays with the club in Saudi Arabia. And my brother plays with FC Toronto, so big soccer guy. Just stopped after I had to choose one. Favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. That's a good one. That's Multiple. right now. Right now, it's from the uh, from. It's like a weird type of psychological thriller show, almost like Lost, a uh, new version of Lost. Yeah, just, I like the type of shows. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Interstellar. I'm a big like psychological mind guy, and that was just got me in the feels, got me thinking a lot. Definitely that. Definitely Interstellar. Favorite actor? Favorite actor. I will say Denzel Washington. He's, I haven't seen a movie, one movie that he's done that's been bad, so I'm going to have to go with that. Actress. Actress. Uh, I will say uh, from Hunger Games. Jennifer Lawrence, yes. One of my favorite actors. I love the series. I love the books. And it was just great watching it. Definitely watching it. And Jennifer Aniston. Yes, sir. I agree with you there. Celebrity crush. Yes. Cartoon yes. character. Cartoon character. I was a big Curly the Cowardly Dog guy. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, Billy and Mandy. I'm just saying. I don't know. You just got superhero. Superhero. Spider-Man. Big Spider-Man fan. Spider-Man number one. CFL City to visit. I will have okay, to say well, BC. You, uh, I'm sorry, Toronto. I live there. If you don't get back up, you ain't got time to go by there. They open up a little bit. Any other city around the world? Any other city around the world? Especially for you, I'm interested about this. Right? Any other city around the world? I definitely want to go. I'm trying to go to Thailand, Philippines over the off season to visit. I heard so many beautiful things over there. Just a nice place to venture around and see new things. And just have a nice, peaceful zen, zen time. Favorite food? Favorite food? Mm, I'm a big Italian food guy. Love pasta, my lasagnas, my gnocchis, you know, that, all that stuff. So gnocchi, lasagna, pasta, ravioli, yeah. Spaghetti. Spaghetti, yes. Or, that's, that's, ask, that's kind of the same for favorite pregame. Favorite pregame meal? No, I'm a big uh, spaghetti. <laughs> Big spaghetti guy pregame. Day before, day before, I'm a big, big steak guy before the game. Favorite thing to throw on the barbecue? Ooh, I'm a big ribs guy. I'm gonna make my ribs, you know, fire them up. Used to do it with the team. You know, I gotta bring them out again sometime this season. Favorite pregame routine? Favorite pregame routine? Just being with the boys, hanging out before we come in here, talking about what we're gonna do for the day. Uh, <laughs> meditation mindset and just going out and doing what we set out to do. Favorite color? Favorite color? I'm a big blue guy. Blue, sometimes purple. You know, it's a nice mix. It moves nice and bright. Feels good vibes. You got a favorite video game? I'm a big Call of Duty guy. You know, sniper, quick scoper. You know, anybody that wants to try me, let me know. 
Favorite holiday. Christmas. Christmas and Halloween. Christmas is a big family time. You know, everybody's together. I don't get to see my family much. Christmas all the time. We all get back together. Halloween's nice because you're always with your friends. Your friend time. Your friend parties. You get a dress. You got a favorite scent. I'm a big lavender, vanilla. Those nice, calm smells. Not too strong. Favorite time of day until so morning, afternoon, or night? I'm a night owl. Actually, so yeah, definitely night. I season and everything, but I can do a lot at night. I try. I, I'm a big uh, coder, so nighttime is when I shine. And we'll wrap it up. Favorite part about being a rough rider? Favorite part about being a rough rider? Just being a part of the community, being able to be with the fans and have that connection, even though I don't know them, but it feels like we've known each other for for so long. So that's just that nice community vibe. I'm a big family guy, so it feels like just a big happy family. Is that is Riders defense alignment Charbel De Beer sounded like they were having some fun in the corner of the locker room where the defense alive and were playing. They were lively. I mean, they're always lively, but yeah, they were they're extra lively today. That it seemed like and so. That's uh, the first segment of a brand new segment here on the Sports Cage. I believe it's called A Few of My Favorite Things alongside our Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And that is just the debut of it. We will hear from Sean Bain Jr. some of his favorite things later on in the show and maybe as well Mario Elford if we have time. So I cannot wait to hear it. Coming up next, though, we will have your sports ticker. And then a Saskatchewan-born, Regina-born football player who is now playing football for the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. I'm talking about safety. Ethan Ball, his first game with the Fighting Hawks this season is coming up here on Saturday at home at the Lyris Center in Grand Forks, North Dakota versus the visiting Drake Bulldogs. And Ethan Ball, he is going to be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline Coming up next, you are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 335 with the sports ticker, the big news in the Canadian Football League today. The Toronto Argonauts have made quarterback Chad Kelly the highest paid player in the Canadian Football League with a three-year contract. It's worth $1.865 million. Nice contract there for Mr. Chad Kelly. And Kelly's agreement is worth $615,000 in 2024, $625,000 in hard money for each of the last two years. And uh, there are no performance uh, incentives in this uh, pact, however. So that's uh, something to keep in mind. He's due a total of $250,000 in signing bonus in 2024, but uh, can't collect it if the quarterback you know, signs an NFL contract, obviously, during the December to February window. So big news today for the Canadian Football League, for the Toronto Argonauts, Chad Kelly, big three-year contract. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, joined on the Western Pizza Hotline, former Riffle Royal, former Rochdale Boulevard football player, and he is now playing at Division One football, FCS down south 
in Grand Forks, North Dakota, for the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Ethan Ball, safety, joins us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Ethan, how you doing, my friend? Big game coming up here. The season opener coming up on Saturday. You must be itching to strap on the helmet and go out there, huh? Oh, I'm super stoked. The first weekend of college football, as you know, um, is always crazy, north of the border and south of the border. Um, so we're ready to get going. Um, I'm excited to to be done with practice per se and get out there and uh, finally pop the pads and hit someone for real. So it'll be really exciting this Saturday. Yeah, and it's such a grind. It's such a long process at any level of football, but I think even more so at like the Division One level where you're playing right now because, I mean, it's intense, man. There's like you're up at like 5 in the morning. You're doing things all day long, practice after practice after practice, and it's all towards one goal, and that is, you know, producing on game days. So it must be, you know, just a sigh of relief, like you mentioned, that the the game is finally around the corner because, you know, you just don't wake up on game day and go play. This is a year-round process. Yeah, um, I mean, Division One football is pretty crazy. I know we've talked, and, we report we we really train all summer obviously but we report for camp august 2nd um i think we had something crazy like 22 practices in 25 days or something we're up at 5:30 in the morning and you don't get home till till 8 p.m. most days um and we're early morning practice team so that kind of continues throughout the year so i'm up monday tuesday wednesday whatever 5:30 practicing you got to go to class um it's definitely a full-time commitment and yeah, and then in the off season, I was dealing with a little bit of a shoulder, had surgery in January, rehabbed that, um, sat out spring ball. Um, so I'm kind of I, I didn't miss any games last year, but I'm ready to get back out there because I, I got to miss a, a little bit of football there in the spring. So I'm super excited to get out there on Saturday and and finally do it for real. Like you said, you don't wake up uh, for a football game and just play it. There's so much preparation that goes into it. So when you finally get to do it, you you really um, appreciate those reps you get on a Saturday. So it, it'll be really exciting. What was that rehab process like with that shoulder injury? I mean, uh, you know, at such a young age, already having such a, you know, huge type surgery, it's uh, not everybody can come back and rehab and get back on the field as soon as you did. So just take us through that process. Yeah. I mean, football's a football's a collision game. It's a car crash in every play. And last year, um, starting kind of in fall camp right around this time I was dealing with a little bit of a shoulder and labrum issue so it was kind of it was kind of slipping out on me every once in a while a couple weeks last year during the season um so I played with that all year and that was kind of annoying I felt it kind of limited me a little bit um physically in terms of just moving around the field making plays getting my hands on people um yeah process honestly went great I had a great surgeon um surgery went well um I don't know. I'm, I usually like to think of myself as a grinder, so it's got my my nose to the ground. Um, worked really hard in the off season, um, and I honestly think I'm I'm back, if not better than I was before. I feel strong. I feel really good. And sitting out of spring ball, kind of um, looking at the positive side of it, it helped my body um, just rest. I mean, the shoulder was there. I had to deal with that and rehab it, but um, took a load off my legs. Um, I got to work on my flexibility a little bit. So just trying to take the positives out of it. I think it was a great off season and um, it was good to go through a little bit of adversity and it makes you appreciate uh, a game coming up on Saturday a little bit more. 
with safety Ethan Ball of the North Dakota Fighting Hawks here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So the season opener is coming up here on Saturday, and not only is it the season opener, it's also the home opener. So, uh, you know, I mentioned safety. Is that the position that you'll be taking the field at? I mean, just give our listeners a little glimpse at, you know, where we can see Ethan Ball uh, ball hawking at this season. Yeah, you'll, you'll see me back there at safety for sure a lot this year. Um, you'll see me on some special teams. I've been dealing with a little bit of a, a hamstring the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll be starting on punt. Um, and then I think in the next couple of weeks, I'll be working into kickoff and kickoff return. But you'll see me on, on the punt team. Um, and then you'll see me on defense, obviously, on Saturday. So it should, it should be a great time in the Alaris Center. Yeah, man. I, I've been to one game there years ago. Uh, North Dakota was playing the Montana Grizzlies, I believe it was. And that place was electric. Yep. It was full. Uh, just take us through that uh, atmosphere, man. I mean, y- you played on Libel Field here in Regina, Saskatchewan, RMF. You played high school football here in Regina, and now you're playing Div 1 football in front of thousands of people at, you know, sold-out stadiums. I mean, is there any time that you have to kind of stop and pinch yourself on the sidelines being like, hey, man, I am like literally the only skilled position player from Saskatchewan playing Div 1 football right now? Yeah, I think you sometimes get lost in the moment and you don't realize um, what you're doing um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So definitely, sometimes on the sideline, you kind of pinch yourself and you're like, holy crap, like I'm, even this morning, it's like you get up and I'm practicing indoors. I don't have to practice outdoors. We have an indoor practice facility. I get to walk into the Alaris Center um, through through the fans tailgating, thousands of fans tailgating, um, and then run out of a, a, a helmet, a tunnel, um, to, to 10, 12,000 people on Saturdays in an indoor stadium. So definitely it's cool. Um, I think you kind of get lost in the moment sometimes, but it's good to uh, sit back every once in a while and pinch yourself and be like, holy, holy crap, like I'm actually doing this thing. I think Nebraska last year was the, the first time I really did that where I would stand out there in the middle third and I'm like, holy smokes, man. Like a, a kid from North Regina, um, like Riffle Royal, like you said, playing RMF, growing up at Libel Field. Um, standing out in front of 85 plus thousand people. So you definitely have to do it every once in a while um, to make you appreciate uh, how far you've come. Yeah. How often do you think of that game at Nebraska, man? Like if I was in your position, that game would literally be on my mind at least once a day, just like a thought pop up in my mind of being like, oh, I remember this moment. I remember when someone said this to me during that game. How often do you think of that game in front of 80,000 people at Nebraska Cornhuskers? Yeah, I got a, I actually have a couple of the tickets and a picture of me and my dad and myself running out of the tunnel um, at uh, Memorial Stadium there in Lincoln, Nebraska. So every morning when I wake up, I actually, I actually see that when I get out of bed. So it's just a little reminder um, of a cool, cool moment I got to share with my dad. Um, so I think about it quite often. I mean, my dad, my dad and I will text back and forth and sometimes they'll just text me like, holy crap, you played at Nebraska. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. So, um, definitely like to remind myself of that once in a while, but, um, this week we're just focused on the Drake Bulldogs and, um, hopefully ready to have a big year this year. Yeah. What can you tell us about the, these Drake Bulldogs? I mean, uh, a lot of people here in Saskatchewan, they don't know, you know, Division One football, FCS, but uh, you know them, you watch the film. So what's going on this weekend? What kind of game can we expect when we tune in to watch Ethan Bull? Yeah, uh, Drake was actually my um, the first game I ever played in in 2021. 
Um, they're they're a solid team. They got some good skill players, um, a couple big bodies. Um, we're ready though. Um, we're just focused on ourselves. Um, the game plan simple this week. There's not too many checks. There's nothing too crazy. We just want to get lined up, communicate, play fast, and, and execute. We put a a big emphasis on getting the ball out this year on defense and creating turnovers. We kind of struggled in that area last year, and that hurt us learning a tr- uh, losing a turnover battle multiple times. So. We put an emphasis on that, and we're ready to go out there Saturday, play fast, play physical, and make some plays. So it should be a great game. And for our listeners that don't know, uh, you'll still be wearing number 35 on defense, correct, this year for the North Dakota Fighting Hawks? Yeah, that is correct. I've, I've thought about um, switching to number 10 a couple times because that was my, my dad's number on the Rams, and that's why I wore that number in high school as well. Um, but I'm already into like year three, year four now playing, and we got a number ten on offense. So mm-hmm. I've kind of just made thirty five my own number and decided to stick with it. So yeah, I'll be rocking thirty five on Saturday. Yeah, your own legacy, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Hey man, cannot, yeah, I might as well stick with it now. Yeah, man, let's go. Cannot wait to sit in front of the TV. I got a brand new TV in my living room. I'm gonna watch this thing on Saturday. Can't wait to watch you all season long, Ethan Ball. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline today. Appreciate it, Zinger. Have a good one. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Plus 23, mostly cloudy here in the Queen City on this Thursday. Big thanks again to Ethan Ball, safety for the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. And uh, as we speak, Michael Ball is on his way down to Grand Forks to watch the season opener on Saturday versus those Drake Bulldogs. That's why you hear my voice right now, Sean Kleisinger and not Michael Balls. And uh, Blaine Wyland alongside me on the other side of the board. And this ties in nicely because, yes, we know that uh, Ethan Ball, he did play at Nebraska last year in front of, what, 80, 85,000 people. Well, this just happened yesterday. The largest crowd to witness a women's sports event filled Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska on Wednesday as 92,003 fans watched the five-time NCAA champion Nebraska volleyball team beat Omaha uh, three sets to nothing. I think that's the way they read it in volleyball. Uh, But uh, that is just incredible. 92,000 people filling Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska on a late August summer night. And uh, that is a a record right there. Women's sports event record, 92,000 plus in attendance at the very stadium that Ethan Ball took on the Nebraska Cornhuskers in uh, the last stadium, which was, uh, I believe that game was on Labor Day weekend last year. I believe that was. Yeah, because I remember I was kind of, you know, convincing Michael Ball himself to go out there. I was uh, doing the conversion on the time differences, time zones. <laughs> yeah, that was right. So uh, Ballsy is on his way. A little shorter of a, dri- uh, shorter of a drive this time around. It's about seven hours, I believe, to Grand Forks. And so after the game, he'll be uh, driving back because he will be in the booth for Sunday's Labor Day Classic. A classic, which will kick off at 5 p.m., and the pregame show will be at 2 p.m. on 620 CKRM. But today is an exciting day inside the sports cage, baby. Very exciting day because 
It's the first day of a brand new segment on The Cage, A Few of My Favorite Things, alongside Blaine Wyland. Segment two is with Sean Bain Jr. All right, I'm joined now with number 15, Sean Bain Jr. And Sean, a few of your favorite things. We'll start off with your favorite number. Uh, I'm going to have to say seven. Uh, my mom has seven kids, so I think it's just a number of completion, seven. Favorite football memory? Ooh, um, winning my first national championship in high school, and then second to that is getting the call to go to the NFL. Favorite football player growing up? Uh, it was actually uh, Ladane, Ladanian Tomlinson. Running back, man, was amazing. So, yeah. Favorite team growing up? Ooh. Any team? Uh, well, football. Football like, specifically? I'm about to say the Yankees. <laughs> like the Yankees because of Derek Jeter. So is that like? Yeah, I guess we could say any team. For sure, any team. So definitely, if, if I have baseball, the Yankees, football, I'm gonna have to say. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, it was the Bucks, <laughs> because as like I remember, like being growing up, uh, they had won the Super Bowl, so it was a big thing. So the Bucks. I feel like you already answered this question, but once again, favorite sport other than football? Baseball, through and through. That's where, that's where my heart is. <laughs> Favorite TV show? Ooh, you know I loved uh, either 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 Martin or Drake and Josh. Favorite movie? Wow, that's a good one. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Up. The movie Up. Yep. <laughs> I would say multiple answers are also acceptable sure. as long as it's less than three or three and less. Uh, favorite cartoon character? Mm, I'm gonna have to go with um, who did I like? Any cartoon character? Any cartoon. I'm gonna have to go with um, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> that was my guy. <laughs> Favorite superhero? Uh, Black Panther. <laughs> Favorite CFL city to visit? Ooh. Um. Honestly, I I like I like Vancouver. It's a little busy, and I like Toronto. How about any other city, whether it's the United States or anywhere else in the world? Oh, home? Okay, states. Let's go. Um, I, I, I enjoy Georgia. Uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, to be specific. And I'm going to have to say Sarasota. <laughs> Favorite food? Wow. Um, I'm going to sound fat on this one, but <laughs> like pizza and, 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 and a bunch of junk food. So like nachos, nachos and cheese, for sure. Favorite pregame meal? Um, I'm keeping it clean, so pastas, uh, salad, and some and some garlic bread. Favorite color? Green. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You, I think you are the first one to say green. Favorite vehicle? Mm, you know, I've been I've been I've been looking at this Tesla for the longest. So I'm gonna have to say Tesla right now. Do you have a favorite hobby? Uh, I enjoy reading and fishing. Uh, probably my two favorites as well. Favorite video game? Uh, Call of Duty. Favorite holiday? I'm going to have to say Christmas because you eat good and you get gifts. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. Christmas. Do you have a favorite scent, like in terms of smell? <clears throat> I like I like a good, a good woody mahogany smell. Like, you got to smell it just to know. <laughs> Favorite time of day, so like morning, afternoon, or evening? Um, I'm definitely an evening guy. Favorite time, evening. You got a favorite animal? <sighs> Land animal, I'm going to go with an owl. And in the ocean, I'm going to have to go octopus. 
Do you got like a favorite quote that you like to refer back to? Um, wow, I have so many. I guess I live by. Let's go by uh, Kobe Bryant. Don't finish in the middle. Uh, don't quit in the middle. You know, stop at the end. So yeah. And last one, favorite thing about being a rough rider? Um, all of it, <laughs> everything. The players, the fans, um, and just the comfortability. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Sean. Thank you. That is Blaine Wyland with Sean Bain Jr. A few of my favorite things. Brand new segment here on The Cage. And we will hear from Mario Elford maybe a little later on in the show, depending on timing and whatnot. All of our guests on today's show up here on the Western Pizza Hotline. You could order the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to watch a game from a stadium luxury suite next season. So hour one in the books. On the other side of the four o'clock news... We are going to head across the seas to Indonesia as Arash Madania is live there, uh, taking in the FIBA World Cup as Canada is doing pretty good so far. So, ballsy alongside Arash Madani coming up next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Coast to Coast with Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call, 306-546-2533. In Indonesia, having a great time watching international basketball. Canada's undefeated so far, Arash, 3-0. and uh, They've got two second-round games coming up tomorrow against Brazil at 7 a.m. Saskatchewan time. And then uh, you can wake up early Sunday morning for a showdown with Spain also at 7 a.m. Saskatchewan time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't Spain always been a world power in hoops? Yeah, they, they have. They've been one of the best. I don't know if they are anymore, Balti. Really? To be quite honest with you. I mean, think about... Okay, l- let me let me talk about some Spanish players that probably most of your listeners know. Marc Gasol from the 2019 Raptor team. His brother, Pau, who just got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Longtime Raptor, Jose Calderon, Ricky Rubio, lottery pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jorge Garbajosa. They're not around. And can you, you know, there aren't many Spanish players left in the NBA. They are, to borrow an Arashmadani term when talking about the Calgary Stampeders, Ballsy. Mm-hmm. They are a reputation team. Yeah. Inter- um, interesting. And so, yeah, they have some chemistry. Yeah, they've done it together, but they're not the team that went toe-to-toe with the U.S. in the gold medal game of the 2012 Olympics. I'll tell you that much. So, so Arash, yeah, number one, it's a two-part question. Are you confident Canada will get okay. through these next two games? And if so, what's next? So... Uh, you and I have done this a long time, Balzi. I am not a very much a hot take guy. <laughs> let me just give you my let me give you my educated take here. Canada on the tenth of September in Manila, eleven days from now, will be playing in the finals wow. of the FIBA World Cup. That'll be huge. That that's where I'm. Yeah, it, it will be huge, and it's going to happen. They are 
very, very good. Like we just left practice a little while ago, boy. Mm-hmm. They're three and zero. Okay, they have a point differential of plus one hundred and eleven or something like that. Okay, do you know what they were talking about? How poor their defense was in the first quarter against Latvia on Tuesday. The coach is talking about we got punched in the face and it was self-inflicted. Kelly Olenek said we have a level we have to maintain longer. And Dwight Powell saying there's a lot of room for improvement with our starts. We have to execute better. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Like that, that's, that's the mindset and talk of a championship team. And dudes aren't offended by any of it. They had a 30-minute film session today, Bozzi, mm. where they just went over mistakes to get corrected, and nobody took it personally. So I, I just, I just, I look at the talent on the team. I look at the leadership of a Kelly Olynyk, who's the captain. I look at a coach who's got a defensive first mindset, and again, the talents of the team, the talents of the team, and the talent of the team. And you put it all together, and you're saying to yourself, shoot, these these guys belong right there on the final Sunday of this of this competition. Um, so it's a world cup, uh, you know, the world cup is obviously a, an Olympic qualifier. What, what is the other significance, if any of this? Well, it's funny how this goes, man. Like in North America, we view the Olympics as the Taj Mahal when it comes to basketball, right? Like it's, everything's about the Olympics. I think the dream team, uh, the Barcelona dream team kind of started that putting together that greatest team ever assembled, et cetera. But the rest of the world, this is not quite the soccer World Cup, but it's the next kind of tier below it, and it means a lot. This is the competition where, for the rest of the basketball world, Canada can serve notice. Canada can say, hey, look, we're for real. This is, you know, this is a real program and a real basketball country, and look and see. And, you know... They do that, then suddenly, you know, some of the preparation games are going to get real teams to play against. Um, it's it's a real kind of barometer for where you belong in the basketball world. Let's quickly get to some football before we have to let you go. Nathan Rourke on the practice roster now of the Jags. Uh, so what's your uh, thoughts? My thoughts are that's the best situation for Nathan Rourke. And people are going to say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's holding a clipboard. How is he going to develop? Okay. What did you think was going to happen when Nathan Rourke went to the Jacksonville Jaguars? I did thought, you think he was going to unseat Trevor Lawrence for the job? No. So what did, like, in terms of your football development, what difference is it going to make whether he's the number three or the practice roster guy? Well, if he's on a roster, it makes more. Because, money. He makes more money if he's on the roster. Like he gets more cash. Mm-hmm. That's that's bigger for totally. him. I just mean that's bigger for him. I just mean from a development standpoint at the NFL level, he's not going to have to go to a new team and have to learn a new offense in a pinch, learn new terminology, learn new players, etc. He now has a working relationship with some guys, and NFL practice rosters are now way bigger three times the size they used to be, they'll now have extra time and a report to spend time after practice, before practice, 
working on routes, throwing extra balls, et cetera, et cetera. And he's going to get a chance to work with a head coach who's a former quarterback, a head coach who wanted him. And so I just look at this situation with Rourke and say, okay, whether he was waived on cut down day or not, whether he was a third string quarterback or a practice roster quarterback, I just think from a development standpoint and where he fits in the pecking order in Jacksonville, not much actually has changed. His game check, yes. His game check has changed four times. But outside of that, long-term, for again, for his football development, this isn't a bad thing at all. So you're a CFL guy, man. It's one of your favorite weekends, I bet, of the year. You know what, Balsy? It's It's one of my favorite sports weekends of the year. Like, not just football weekends of the year. Like, I, I think Labor Day weekend is one of the real Canadiana weekends of the year. Don't you? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I get Great Cups a big week. But, you know, when you think about, like, big weekends, like, I'm not a curling guy, but I think the Briar weekend matters and the Scotties weekend matters. I, I think when the Canadian Open golf is around, I think that weekend matters. I think it's one of the unique things about Canadian sport that kind of sets us apart. I don't know where, where you feel. Oh, absolutely. Open. This is our biggest, uh, this is our big, outside of the home opener and a home playoff game or in 2013, a home Grey Cup win. This is our biggest game on the calendar every year. They usually say the season starts here, although I don't buy that anymore because after the home and home with Winnipeg, you only got six games left because the season got moved up. So I'm telling you, the season's already started, but this is, this has a playoff feel to it. The, the fan bases don't like each other. The teams don't like each other. Um, you were a part of this. Uh, and on the- weird things happen. Yes. Weird things happen on Labor yeah. Day, right? Yeah, Rocky Butler like, 2001. Yeah, all that. Kerry Joseph running it in. I remember standing under the oh, goalpost. I remember standing under the goalpost deciding because I was a sideline guy by myself. Uh, whatever team wins, that's who I interview. And Medlock's lining up for a field goal. And I'm leaning towards the Winnipeg sideline behind the goalpost, but I wasn't sure. And as soon as he put his foot in the ball, I started walking to the Winnipeg sideline because I knew uh, Winnipeg would win the game. Do you have a favorite story from Labor Day? I do. I tell this every year, and I swear it doesn't get old. So, oh, God, 15 years ago Hmm. when I was the PR guy for the Bombers, um, we come to Saskatchewan, and... The team would stay out in Moose Jaw, the spa out there. Um, but Brendan Salmon was our GM. <laughs> Excuse me. And as you know, Baldy, he's a, yeah. he's a sassy guy. Mm-hmm. And he says, he said, wait, you're from Nova Scotia and you lived in Quebec and Ontario? I'm like, yeah. He said, uh-uh, you're not staying in Moose Jaw. I'm like, what? Am I, am I kicked off the trip? He said, no, you got to stay in Regina. You have to experience Labor Day for yourself. I'm like, okay, sounds like a plan. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> right? Yeah. At all. So we roll in Friday for day three. Um, team stays out in Moose Jaw Saturday for walkthrough day. And I just, I, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, go to the mall, everyone's in green. Go to the grocery store, everyone's in green. Go get some pops at the, at the beer store, everybody's in green. Yep. Sunday morning... Game day. I'm checking out the hotel in Regina. Uh, turns out it's the media hotel for Grey Cup. But, you know, I'm at the front desk getting the bill. Elevator door opens. And all I hear is, what are you doing here? 
And I look over Balti, and it is prized, featured running back Charles Roberts mm. of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm like, what am I doing here, Charlie? What are you doing here? You're supposed to be in Moose Jaw. Yeah. He looks at me and says, uh, what do you say to me? He said, uh, want to ride to the stadium? I said, sure, Charlie, let's go to the stadium. <laughs> we stop at the 7-Eleven on the way from the hotel to the stadium. Yeah. He parks the car, looks at me, says, want any breakfast? I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. At this point, he'd already lit a cigarette, Balti. Oh, my he God. He goes into the 7-Eleven, leaves the cigarette in the ashtray, comes back out with two Snickers bars and two Red Bulls. We get to the stadium I found out why Charlie wanted, wanted to give me a ride. He didn't have a parking pass. We talk ourselves into the Kent Austin lot at the old uh, Mosaic Stadium. Charlie lights up a third cigarette and walks into the stadium with a grocery bag from 7-Eleven of two Red Bulls and two Snickers bars, and that was the last game he ever played for the Blue Bombers. Happy Labor Day, Baldy. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Uh, Arash, thanks for your time, man. Be safe. Have fun there. Thanks, bud. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. All right. Today's Sports Cage Clutch Performer, it's just not one performer. It goes to a whole team. Whole ball team. The Atlanta Braves. This is an Atlanta Braves appreciation segment. The Braves are 87-45. and 45. They walloped the Colorado Rockies yesterday, 7-3. to three the f- Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. All right, today's Sports Cage Clutch Performer, it's just not one performer. It goes to a whole team. Whole ball team. The Atlanta Braves. This is an Atlanta Braves appreciation segment. The Braves are 87 and 45. They walloped the Colorado Rockies yesterday, 7 to 3, the final score. Ozzie Albies had three hits. He continues to do his thing. Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to do his thing in right field and at the plate. And the Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball with 87 wins. The next closest. Want to take a guess? It is indeed. Well, it's a tie right now as far as the win column goes. The Baltimore Orioles have 83 wins and the L.A. Dodgers have 83 wins. But the Atlanta Braves have 87 wins. The best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. Not only today, but all season long, your sports cage clutch performers for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. You can text me up on the text line 306-936-6262. I got this text from Glenn in Regina. Hello, sports cage. Glenn says, I'm getting very tired of hearing about how great Mike O'Shea and the Bombers are. Let let us not forget how close O'Shea came to losing his job and how many times the Bombers lost winnable games before Zach Kolaris joined the team. Go Riders! Once again, that's from Glenn in Regina. And Glenn, my friend, I think 
the whole of Rider Nation is alongside you on that one. I don't think many people around here like Mr. Mike O'Shea. One guy that Rider Nation does like is Mario Elford. This is segment number three alongside Blaine Wyland. A brand new segment here on the Sports Cage. All right, now join Mario Elford. Mario, we're going to ask about a few of your favorite things. Start off with favorite number. Uh, number five. And why? Uh, I just, I don't know, just think, oh, just something about I had it all through my pop one year, and when I got to college, I had it, so it's just been one of my favorite numbers. Favorite football memory? The Alabama return, keep return, touchdown. Favorite football player growing up? Uh, favorite football player, who's my favorite? Uh, Michael Vick. Favorite team gr- growing up? Uh, it was the Atlanta Falcons. Favorite sport other than football? Basketball. Favorite TV show? Uh, the Wayne Brothers. Favorite movie? Shooter by Mark Wahlberg with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Favorite actor? Uh, 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 what's that guy name? Man, I like, I like, uh, I can't think his name, but I like Denzel Washington too. Favorite actress? Oh, who's my favorite actress? Who your favorite actress? Huh? Mine? Megan Good? I don't know. Uh, I got a few. Uh, I like, I like. Uh, you can list more than one too. That's okay. Uh, I can't think his name. No. I do like Halle Berry though. I put Halle Berry. I like Halle Berry. Uh, favorite cartoon character? Uh. Who's my favorite cartoon character? Um, the 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 bud, not the little, the dude. No, the dude who. Uh, <laughs> you know. Who in he in Looney Tunes? Yeah, the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, oh, the Tasmanian. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> favorite superhero. Superhero, my dad. Favorite CFL city to visit. BC. Okay, open up a little bit. Any other city that you like visiting? Montreal, BC, Toronto. Worldwide, too. Oh, city? I like... Uh, I don't know. I like... <laughs> I like... I like... Uh, I love... Uh, Tampa is one of my favorite cities, for real. Tampa. I love Tampa, Florida. Favorite food? Fried chicken. Favorite pregame meal? Steak. Favorite thing to put on the barbecue? Uh... Uh, I like to put chicken on there, like baked chicken. Yeah. Favorite color? Black. Favorite vehicle? Uh, I like, I'm a truck guy, Chevy truck. You got a favorite vid- video game? Super Mario. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Do you have a favorite scent, like in terms of smell? Um, not really. Not really scent. Time of day, whether it's morning, afternoon, night? Uh, evenings. Like evenings. Do you have a favorite quote that you like to go refer back to? No, not really. No. Very and, simple guy. Yep. <laughs> and your favorite part of being a rough rider? Uh, just playing for this for this town for the for the fans, man. Just just love to playing for the fans. All right, thanks a lot, Mario. Thank you. Thanks. So on Sunday when Mario Elford is returning a kick for a touchdown or a punt for a touchdown, you can think of 
Tasmanian Devil running down the field on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's Mario Alfred alongside uh, Blaine Wyland. And also got to add in there, if you're wondering who he's conferring with, that was Kendall Watson that sat, sits right beside Mario Alfred at practice. So if you hear someone else in the background that Mario was talking with, that was Kendall Watson. That was his Watson. support. That was his support. Was his lifeline. Yeah, it was his lifeline. I, Mario looked over at him. Who's my favorite actor or actress? Just give me a name. Just give me a name. That's what, that's what I felt like. That was funny. Uh, awesome new segment with Blaine Wyland here on the Sports Cage, and it's just getting started. This is day one of it here on this Thursday, August 31st. It's the last day of August. Tomorrow is indeed September 1st, Michael Ball's birthday tomorrow, and Michael Ball is on his way right now down to Ground Forks, North Dakota, because... It's a big game coming up on Saturday. The North Dakota Fighting Hawks taking on the Drake Bulldogs. Ethan Ball will be taking the field once again for the Division One FCS North Dakota Fighting Hawks. So Ballsy will be back, of course, for the big Labor Day Classic on Sunday. But that is why you hear Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Weiland here this afternoon. And we are going to hit the break, have your CFL report, a sports ticker. And then on the other side... We were going to do a Where Are They Now yesterday, you know, in its regular time slot, but we pushed it forward a day to give uh, myself an opportunity to talk with this next guest, the University of Regina Rams all-time leading rusher, Atlee Simon and former Saskatchewan Rough Rider and Calgary Stampeder. That's coming up on the other side of the break, Atlee Simon. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Back here in the desk, sports cage desk, I'm Blaine Wyland, and it's now time for your sports ticker for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coppell, kevinsmarine.com. And let's talk about some highest paid football players today. Of course, starting off in the CFL, Chad Kelly was signed a new contract today with the Toronto Argonauts, a new three-year deal that will pay him out $1.865 million. And once again, yes, that will make him the highest paid player in the CFL as earlier in the offseason, Kelly made his intentions known that he was thinking about the NFL, but apparently he's fallen in love with Toronto and the Argonauts, and why not the way he's playing this season? He's signed up a new long-term deal that's going to keep him in double blue for the next three seasons as he signed that rich deal with the Argonauts earlier today. Also on the Great Iron, going south of the border this time, and we're going to talk tight ends as TJ Hawkinson's reportedly signed a new deal with the Minnesota Vikings that will make him the highest paid tight end. It's a four year, four year deal worth $68.5 million. Of course, some of that's not all guaranteed, but of course, Hawkinson was traded to the Vikings during last season, a rare divisional trade as he started out his career with the Detroit Lions before, before he was shipped out to Minnesota and the Vikings. And in other sporting news, the Anaheim Ducks have signed former Edmonton Oilers Oilers Zach Cassian to a player tryout. Of course, Cassian last season spent his time with the Arizona Coyotes playing in Mullet Arena. And that's your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three down game. 
And we are back here with your CFL report, and uh, I apologize, Blaine. I sent you the sponsor tag for the CFL report, not the sports sticker. That's my fault. But uh, so the CFL report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a border pontoon from Kevin's Marine at Fort Quapel, kevinsmarine.com. The sports sticker is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Once again, my bad on that. And the Toronto Argonauts, yes, Blaine was talking about it right there. It's the big news of the day in the CFL. The Argos made quarterback Chad Kelly the highest paid player in the Canadian Football League with that three-year contract worth $1.865 million. And, of course, the big thing to look forward to this weekend, the best Labor Day matchup in the Canadian Football League, there ain't no doubt about it. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and kickoff will happen at 5 p.m. on Sunday. The pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli will be on these very airwaves starting at 2 p.m. The Rider Nation pregame show starts up at 4 with Michael Ball, Glenn Suter, Luke Mullinder, you name it. It's going to be a fun one. Another Labor Day Classic. The Riders looking for their first Labor Day Classic win since 2019. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? Former Regina Rams running back, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider running back, Calgary Stampeder, Atlee Simon joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Atlee, do you ever think about the fact that you are on the top of the leaderboard when it comes to basically every single rushing statistic in University of Regina Rams history? I was just looking over the numbers the other day, and I was like, well, Atlee's at the top for rushing, uh, touchdowns, you know, uh, carries, you name it. I mean, that's pretty special, man. Do you ever think about that? No, absolutely. Um, I think it was by the end of my career when I kind of knew I was getting close to some of those records. I obviously had that in the back of my mind every game that I went out there. So uh, just to know that I'm at the at the top of the list uh, with some really, really great names, obviously, Neil Hughes and um, Charles back in the day, they, they did some big things uh, in their careers. So just to know that I'm out there with them and surpassing them in some ways, um, it's, it's, an, it's an honor for sure. When you think about your career with the Rams, is there maybe one or two plays or games that really stand out in your mind? Yeah, I I definitely say, I think in my rookie year in 2014, um, it was my second start against uh, the U of M on the Manitoba Bisons. And um, crazy story, actually, my dad, he's crazy when it came to to rounds football. And um, the night before, it was my second start ever, and he put, 150 yards under his pillow um him kind of just guessing what i was going to run for the next day and i went out there and i think i ran for like 155 and finished with like 260 all-purpose and four touchdowns so um that was definitely one of the best football memories i've ever had just to go prove myself as an 18 year old and um, having a big game and if i can remember correctly that was a big win for us to be able to make the playoffs that year so um, that's definitely up there. Um, and other than that, I think in 2000, 
I think it was 2017, my fourth year, we, we were playing in the U of S and I wasn't having the greatest year so far. And, um, that game kind of was the turnaround point for me, um, to, to really just, I don't know, push forward and get my name in the draft conversation again. And, um, so that was definitely a big game for me as well. And talk about, uh, you know, you were drafted and then you ended up playing in the Canadian Football League. You played at Mosaic Stadium, if I remember correctly, in the preseason with the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, what was yeah. that experience like, my friend? That would have been, uh, you know, like a child's dream right there. Oh, absolutely. It was surreal. I mean, it was, uh, it was interesting going into the uh, stadium being the enemy. You know, yeah. I, I, I've never had that experience before. Um, obviously always playing at home with the Rams, but um, being able to come back home and um, being in front of that rider crowd was, was really special and being able to get on the field a few times there. So um, absolutely. It's, it's something that I'll always remember having the, the stands back with family and friends as well. Best memory when it comes to uh, your stint in the Canadian football league, maybe is there a play? Is there a moment in the locker room? What comes to mind when you think of, you know, strapping on the red helmet or maybe it was here in Saskatchewan wearing the green helmet. I mean, it, it the, the thing that stands out to me the most is just watching the vets kind of go about their routines and, yeah. Um, how they really just took it as, as a business, right? Coming out of university, it's just really a game at that point, right? You're just having fun. You're making memories. You're you're putting your best foot forward, but it's not really a business at that point. And once you get to that next level, you really realize that every day they're putting their hard hat on and, and trying to make some money and support their families and whatnot. So just really finding that respect and um, learning how to be a pro and, Obviously, my career kind of um, halted because of COVID and whatnot, but um, I learned so much from from those guys. And um, I don't know if there's a specific time or play or anything yeah. that really stood out, um, but I, I could point to just like that first practice um, with the stamps in my first year. Um, realizing man this is not this is not the rams anymore man this is the next level bigger faster guys and it forces you to up your game university of virginia rams all-time leading rusher at lee simon here on the western pizza hotline and you mentioned uh, the covid stuff so covid came around who knows what would have happened if covid didn't happen so with with that said at what's at lee simon up to these days and uh you know was it obviously a very tough decision yeah no absolutely um yeah, I just got to the point. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching now. I'm going into my fourth year. I'm actually just sitting at my desk right now um, prepping for the upcoming school year. I'm going into my fourth year of teaching at Harvest City Christian Academy. Um, it's a, my alma mater actually went here from K-12, to and then I'm back here now teaching. So um, that's a pretty special thing. Um, coaching, um, a lot of basketball, actually. Um, coaching some club stuff, some high school stuff. Um, so that takes up a lot of my time throughout the year and um, in the, just had my first year um, um, anniversary with my wife. So oh, a lot nice. of big things have, have changed over the last few years um, since I've hung up the, hung up the cleats. But um, I'm, I'm very happy um, with where I'm at. I'm thriving. I'm feeling like I'm fulfilling my purpose. So um, it's been awesome. And you mentioned basketball, big basketball family. I know your brother, I saw he was uh, recently drafted to the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Maybe just talk about that. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he, I think by far was the youngest kid in the, in the whole draft in the whole league in the CEBL last year. So 
it was pretty awesome to see a 19 year old out there playing against some some G League NBA players and um he's a special kid um both on and off the court um so it was just it was amazing I was actually able to the one game that he well he played in two games but one of his first game he actually got to suit up and play um me and my dad were down there to watch him in Saskatoon so um super awesome moment to see him see him do that and um it's just going to be the start of some some special things for him. Yeah, and you were recently overseas, I saw, on the old Instagram. Did I see maybe uh, Munich, Germany, one of the stops in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my wife did a little Europe trip this, uh, this summer. We're gone for about a month. So, yeah, Munich was one of the one of the stops there. The Hofbra House? Did you stop by the Hofbra House and have a oh, nice... yeah. Yeah, there we go. I was there uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in 2015, so I thought of that when I saw those pictures. That's awesome, my friend. Hey, oh, yeah, it's I, a good time. Yeah. Sure. Hey, thanks for taking the time today, man. I appreciate it, man. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 448 inside the cage. Just finished a nice bag of chips. I I downed that bag pretty quickly there. All dressed, all gone. All dressed, all gone. That's the new flavor in town. And a lot of people coming in town for the Labor Day Classic from Manitoba, from across Saskatchewan. And the golf courses will be busy. The golf courses will be flourishing. And we are with Brian Raymond from Flowing Springs here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you doing today, Brian? I am doing absolutely great. So uh, before uh, we get into the golf specials and stuff, let's uh, talk about this Labor Day Classic quickly. I think we might have talked about it yesterday, but uh, how do you see this game going? You know what? I think if the writers come out with the same kind of effort and energy that they did uh, in that last game, I mean, it was impressive to watch that first half especially. I mean, they were they were a, a team possessed, let's say. So if they come out with that kind of uh, effort and energy, I think there's a good chance. And it seems like the Labor Day game is always the game where you could just throw the records out the window. I mean, the records just don't matter. There's been, you don't need me to tell you this because, uh, well, you know, I'm a... You've been around longer. You've seen more games than I have, Brian. Uh, it doesn't matter what the records are. I mean, look at the 90s. The Riders were not very good, and they still won a lot of games, Labor Day Classics in the 90s. So uh, can't wait for it. So over there at Flowing Springs going into the Labor Day weekend here, what are things looking like? I'm sure, you know, is it, is it busy this time of year? Is this like a top, you know, five busiest uh, yeah, the, weekends the, the, of the year? The Labor Day weekend is definitely our busiest long weekend for sure, uh, largely because the weather is uh, is usually a lot better. And the other thing is uh, a lot of folks will be done harvest, so uh, they don't have that in the in the way. And we do get a number of people who come into town from, from uh, for the rider game specifically. And uh, we do get some traffic where people bring their clubs with them and, you know, come in the day before and play on, on Saturdays. The wives do some shopping, and sometimes the guys go golfing. So with that said, what are the tee times looking like this weekend? Are you st- do you still have some spots left on uh, Friday, Saturday, or uh, maybe just give us some of those details? Yes, we do have spots available uh, actually all weekend so anybody who's interested this is the day where we do a lot of our booking for the weekend and uh, we're looking forward to having a very busy day we still have openings for Saturday and Sunday and of course on Monday as well so uh, yeah give us a call uh, five eight sorry three oh six Five four three five zero five zero is the number to call, and we also book online now, which makes a big difference. And, you know, sometimes people just want to come out and whack the ball around a little bit on our driving range. We've got that, too. 
Awesome, Brian. Uh, we'll talk to you soon next week, and uh, have yourself a good Labor Day long weekend. You as well, and of course, go Riders. Go Riders, my friend. That's Brian Raymond over there at Flowing Springs. And before we get into a nice conversation with uh, uh, Sam Emelis, usually in this time slot, every single Thursday, we have our Play Now picks. You know, Play Now is the only legal online gambling site here in Saskatchewan and Ben Whiting was unable to join us today because he is a traveling man he is traveling he's on the road again whatever way you want to sing it so uh for today's installment it is myself alongside Blaine Wyland and I got a couple things for you to look for on play now this weekend now let's let's start things off over under 47 and a half points at uh, 1.9 odds we're talking for this Labor Day Classic. You could take your pick on that. What do, what do you think, Blaine? Over, under 47.5 for the Labor Day Classic on Sunday. You know, my first instinct was, was to say over, but I think I'm going to go with under. Yeah, I think I think if you're a betting person, I think you got to go under on this one. I know a lot of people on pick to score throughout the week have been picking a uh, high-scoring game. I don't really see it that way, to be no, honest with I you. I think, especially if the Riders are going to win, they got to keep it on the lower end of that. I think... If it gets higher than that, I don't like the riders. I don't like the riders' odds if they get into a shootout with us, with the Blue Bombers. But not. I just think overall that I really think this is a defensive game that the the riders' defense. I really think I'm expecting a big outing from them this week. Yeah. So take the under on that one. How about this one? KSB anytime TD score at two point five odds. Do you see KSB getting in the end zone for the second consecutive ball game? You know, it's funny. We were talking about this at practice about our anytime touchdown bets. KSB was not actually KSB was one guy who wasn't mentioned. Um, honestly, I don't think so. I think this one it's going to get spread around a bit. Uh, I got the feeling it's going to be. If you're asking me a guy who I think is going to score the touchdown this week, I, I really like Sean Bain Jr. Mm-hmm. to be my anytime touchdown guy. I got the feeling that no, I I, I don't think so. If I were to bet, I'm you know at two point five odds, I think I'm going to risk it. I think two point five odds for a KSB touchdown is pretty juicy, so I might I'm, I might take that one. And quickly in about thirty seconds or less, the Edmonton Elks money line over the Stamps sitting right now on play now is two point six five odds. You know, I think I think it's time to play the hot hand and trade Ford. What do you think, Blaine? You know what? I agree with you. Yeah. I, I really like an upset this week in terms of Edmonton. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, 2.65, take that. So over under 47.5 points. I would take the under on that one. KSB, anytime touchdown score. Blaine doesn't see it. I can possibly see it. Uh, and then the Edmonton Elks money line over the Stamps, 2.65 odds. I mean, we just said it. Play the hot hand. Trey Ford is balling right now. Believe in that boy. All right, we believe in this guy, number 19, Sam Emelis, and he caught up with the media after practice. Sam, just how are you feeling now after that bye week, after that big win, and heading into this week? Uh, the bye week was was uh, was wonderful, man. I rest my body, rest the mind, and we're ready to go and, and play Winnipeg on Labor Day. Did it feel, or was it good or bad to almost have? Because you guys played so well and had a lot of momentum. Was it good to have a week off, or almost uh, you kind of uh, it could going? be? It could it could go both ways. Yeah. I feel like. Um, like we we all know everybody every team get get gets players that get banged up so it's cool to get a, a a rest you know what I'm saying but at the same time to get a rest and get ready for Winnipeg but like you said it might get a momentum way but it's for us and to bring that momentum back and I'm sure with the fans coming Labor Day 
we're going to be right back on, on what was on that, uh, two weeks ago. A lot of continuity on this offense. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Jake getting more first-team reps, same. looks like the same group lining up. Is that going to help you guys this week? Oh, for sure. Every time there's like there's like a continuity, like you just said, and reps after reps, that's, that's how we get like chemistry and stuff. So, obviously, uh, Jake Jake big, make, had a big game last our last game, and we're going we gonna to keep on building up on this. In terms of developing chemistry, Jake did that week off, you know, Disadvantage or not? I would say I would say not really because you know Jake was here last year with me and and like those guys doing like they throwing after practice. So I've been I've been I've been catching from Jake since last year and this year is the same thing really. I don't have really to adjust. Is there any change? Do you know any change of demeanor with Jake from maybe last year to this year? I'm more confident. I feel like um, get to his progression. Uh, more confident uh, uh, and and trust us to make some plays. Do you feel like he's a good leader for a game like this that's coming up here? Yeah, most definitely. Jake, Jake, a great guy, a great leader, and he get us, he get us ready, and and we always communicate with Jake what he like and what we like, so we're on the same page. In terms of rivalries, going whether it's university, high school, do you ever have anyone similar to the Rough Riders and Blue Bombers? No, nah, I mean, uh, I don't think so. Uh, this been going on for years now, and and even last year, I was amazed how how the rivalry was going, how the fans outside, and like being back to back from Labor Day to Benjo, I never been a part of something like this. So I feel it's great and, and I can't wait to have it this year again. Any kind of advantage to the fact you guys faced them earlier on this year? This is the second time you're facing uh, I mean, we, we lost, so obviously we got a bad taste in our mind right now, but but um, we play home, so that would be the only advantage. And hopefully we get the win and the fans and, and just the, the, the Labor Day, Bring some 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 energy, <laughs> bring some energy, and, and we get the win. You spend all week kind of visualizing what's going to be like when you're running out of the tunnel. <laughs> Most definitely, man. I can't wait to see the fans. I can't wait to see the Jets too. I mean, it's going to be a great day. This is kind of the, you think, equivalent of American Thanksgiving, what's going to be going on. I mean, most definitely, it's just in Canada. <laughs> when you when you got a chance to watch the catch, well, the catch, yeah. uh, the replay, what did you think about it after the fact? To be honest, when I caught it, I didn't know I didn't know how big it was until I rewatched it myself. Because, you know, when you're on the field, you just be playing. You don't know what's happening. I just saw the ball in the head, and I was like, let me just make a play and jump. But after rewatching it on film and stuff, that's when I got to see like the details of it and like all the little, I mean, how high, high, um, how high I was. That's why I was really amazed. And I was like, Shh, I did something. So even that amazed you? That, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Fact yeah. You were after, after, after the fact, after the game, when I see the tape and everything, I was like, yeah, I did something. Right. Right. You just kind of sit back. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah exactly. It's safe to say with the five receivers on the field right now. Jareth kind of bursting on the scene. KSB coming back. Uh, it seems like Jake can go anywhere and people can make plays right now. Say that again. Just uh, the five receivers are on the field right now. Jared kind of first yeah. seeing KSB coming back. Is it safe to say that Jake can kind of go anywhere and anyone can make plays? I mean, yeah, man. I feel like every receiver in the room right now can be anywhere on the field and make plays, man. We break every every day. We break on playmakers, and we're proud of saying that because we know that that's what we we're here to do. And whenever your name is called, your number is called, you're gonna make the play. So it don't matter if you play on the strong side or on the boundary side, X, Y, Z. It don't matter. And we're gonna make Jake the plays. I'm so sorry. How has Jake helped with that? <laughs> Jake uh, Winicky? Oh, sorry, Dolagala. Oh, Dolagala. I mean, um, like I was telling him, like it's just chemistry. Like we know, we know what he like to throw. He know what we like to run and stuff like that. So, so we've been bending on since every training came back in Saskatoon. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on, and now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. It's 5.09, partly sunny, plus 22 degrees. Another second, another minute, another hour. Closer to the Labor Day Classic here on Sunday, 5 o'clock kickoff at Mosaic Stadium. Today's show is for the Canadian Brew House and their new summer feature menu, including jalapeno, popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, and cocktails. Check them out. Maybe this weekend at the Canadian Brew House. I know not everybody can go to the Ryder game, so if you're not going to the Ryder game, maybe check out the Canadian Brew House. But Better yet, just listen to the game on 620 CKRM starting at 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders back on the practice field today. And uh, I'm just pulling up the injury report. And we went through it yesterday. And it's the good news when it comes to the injury report. It's nothing like it was, oh, say, about a month ago or so. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven players on the injury report. So Nelson Lacombo, he did not practice today with a knee. C.J. Rivas with a hamstring did not practice. Brandon Council with a knee. He was a full participant. Justin Herdman-Reed with a quadriceps. He did not practice as well. Albert Awachi, knee, full participant. Juwan Breskison and Jake Winicky as well, both full participants. And uh, so... Seven players on the injury list. That is, I think it was at near like twenty at one point in the season. No. Remember that, Blaine? That it was, was it was like more name the players who weren't on the injury report at one point. Yeah, like in middle July, beginning July. There, it was yeah. pretty rough, but they're definitely getting healthy for the most part. Uh, heading down this crucial part of the season, there are a couple players though that it looks like the Riders maybe won't get back this year, and that's receiver Braden Lenius. And star-studded defensive back number zero, Roland Milligan. And Coach Dickinson gets into that a bit here as he chatted with the media after practice today. A great opportunity to, to um, put our best foot forward against a very strong football team and a team that we, you know, you got to play them all eventually. So I think we're playing our best football right now. And... Um, I'm looking forward to the game. The Labor Day Classic doesn't mean something special. It, it means a little more. Yeah, I mean, it just it it's a, a good reminder. I showed the players today on on the overhead. The seasons, you know, it's winding down. It's certainly there's a lot left, but we're past the midway point. You know, our packed our practices where we can use pads are down to our last three or four. So the guys know we're getting into that fall football season where the games start meaning a little bit more and, and the season starts wrapping up. Craig, you don't normally stop practice to hold a team meeting. You did today. What was that about? Yeah, I just didn't think, uh, whatever, I didn't do a good job of communicating the expectations. Um, we wanted to practice a little bit of situational football at the beginning, and I just felt like we weren't quite as tuned in or as focused as we should have been. So I just wanted to re-emphasize what we were trying to get out of the situation and then just go from there. you feel like they responded to that? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that they weren't trying. I just felt like I didn't do a good job of communicating what we were trying to get out of it. So I just brought them in. Hey, let's re-emphasize what we want, make the first things first, and make sure we know what we're trying to get. What, what kind of vibe? Or, sorry, Daryl. What, what did you want from them? Well, I just wanted too many guys were on the ground. Okay. I wanted intensity and I wanted effort, but I wanted guys to stay up. So I just reemphasize that. What kind of vibe or buzz is there as Labor Day 
spot. The Liberty Liberty game approaches. Just there's just that vibe. Like first of all, you start getting a lot of football. I know the the Rams play on Friday, so there's always that energy that the college season is starting. You get the bugs and the hornets starting to fly around a little <laughs> bit more in the fall. Um, and there's just that there's just that feeling that these games that you're running out of chances. So you want to put your best foot forward and and try to get hot at the end. Do you believe in that old thought of that the CFL season really begins after Labor Day or with? Labor no, Day? I think you, you know you can bank wins early that certainly help you. But it's true, like everybody's still in the hunt um, because you know six of the nine make it. So the real the real uh, you know positioning I think does begin at Labor Day. But I you know I wouldn't say that the season doesn't uh, start when it does. It just feels like after Labor Day you can you can start to see where you're going to finish a little bit easier. Craig, how important in the locker room is Larry Dean? Super important. Yeah, he's like a coach on the field. Uh, we talked a little bit about leadership today at our team meeting, and Larry checks all the boxes. He's he's an absolute pleasure to have on the on the team, and you know I feel like he really leads leads that group in the locker room, not just the defense but the team in general. What's it say about a player to reach 100 games in the CFL? And it's, it's, he has yeah, more because he played yeah, in the NFL as well. It's quite an accomplishment. It's not easy, you know. If you think about it. Um, you know, there's 18 games, but guys get nicked up and get hurt. So to get 100 games is special. The guys that get 200, it's an amazing feat. And then the guys like Gene Mikowski that, you know, are 270, you shake your heads and wonder how they did it. What do you think helped Larry come back from that Achilles tear? Just strong, strong faith. I think he's a man of God. I also believe he's a very good family man, very well grounded. And he's always been that way. You look at his past, he's always been a leader. He's always been a guy that players and other people look up to so I just think he's very strong mentally he's got a great emotional uh, stability and he's a man of faith and he I think he believes is there a decision at left tackle between uh, council and often yeah yeah Which, who's gonna go we're not gonna tell you today but they're they're competing for sure council looks good um, but Lofton's had a good a good couple of weeks too so we'll see how it plays out we're starting to get healthy on the old line and it's exciting because it it allows us to move people around a little bit and and hopefully put our, put our best team out there. It just seems like there's continuity from that BC game. I don't know if there's any other positions that are that are going to change. No, not too much, but you know, we'll, we'll see. it is. You know, we're still a little nicked up. You know, a couple guys still didn't practice today that we'd like to see out. Hopefully, we get them out tomorrow and and we can hit the ground running. But the idea is to have the same 45 play week in week out, and if you can do that, you got a chance. Yeah, really, he's, he's adapted very nicely. You know, one of the nicest things his coaches said about him early when he came in was that you only have to tell him something once. He's very smart, picks things up quickly, and he's adapted very well. Looks like he's very comfortable out there. How close are you excited about him making him a starter on this team, him getting his first CFL touchdown? What do you expect from him in the weekend? Yeah, like just keep getting better. You know, I, I expect good work from these guys and, and effort, and he brings that every day. And I think the plays will come if you do that. How close are we seeing to seeing some of these other guys who've been on the sixth game? Uh, do we expect Lennius back at some point? No, again, Lennius no. will not be back. Blake's got a chance late in the season. Um, Trevor's going to be a, you know, last game or two sort of thing. But these guys are working hard, you know, and they don't want to be in the training room during practice. So I, I'm encouraged by what we're seeing from the guys that are on sixth game. What about Milligan? Millie probably is a stretch to get him back. You know, he's still hobbled pretty good. What about Cox Jr.? Um, he's still he's still a ways away. I'm into game ball themes this week. Yeah. Uh, you gave one to Kosi after the, the uh, BC game. What was it that uh, led Well, to he was super productive. 
you know, we want to always emphasize production because that's that's what wins you games. But he's also shown a lot of growth, Rob, in terms of where he came in as a rookie a couple years ago and then where he is now. So he's just been a very valuable member of the team, and we felt like that game he had against BC was worthy of a game ball. I mean, four special teams tackles, that's a lot when you that's consider a lot. the I mean, yeah. That had been done in five years. Yep. What does that say about him? The effort. Effort and toughness. He's starting to believe, and he's taking the, the techniques that we're teaching in practice and using them in the game, and, and he's playing hard. That's the, that's the other thing. He's playing very hard. That's Riders head coach Craig Dickinson after practice today. And uh, before we head to break, we're going to be talking more Labor Day Classic on the other side, by the way, because it's Waldo's Warriors. Michael Ball caught up with Paul Waldo before Ballsy. Uh, took off down to Grand Forks, North Dakota. So that convo is coming up next. But a couple notes from the major leagues of baseball. Uh, Josh Donaldson, who was recently cut, released, whatever way you want to word it, he was recently released by the New York Yankees. Well, today he has found a new team. The Milwaukee Brewers have signed Josh Donaldson. Looks like to a minor league deal. So, ooh, Josh Donaldson maybe just holding on to a string, by a string here to his uh, Major League Baseball career. It was just a few short years ago, I guess maybe, I don't know, eight years ago now, he was jacking bombs, making it rain at Rogers Center with the Toronto Blue Jays during the playoffs. The Blue Jays have an off day today. They will start up a three-game weekend series in Colorado and Denver, Colorado tomorrow against the Colorado Rockies. And then after that, the Jays will head to Oakland for a three-game series versus the Athletics before returning home for seven, eight, nine... A 10-game homestand, so a huge stretch coming up here for the Toronto Blue Jays. As mentioned before, though, more Labor Day Classic talk. Who should we look for on Sunday out there at Mosaic Stadium? One guy on defense, one guy on special teams, one guy on offense. Paul Waldo will let us know on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Time now for Waldo's Warriors. And uh, Paul, as we talk here, everybody knows this is tape delayed because Sean's actually hosting the show and I'm headed down to watch some college football with my kid. But you are headed to Winnipeg. The As we talk, the bus is coming to pick you up. So like, are they coming in your neighborhood or what? Yeah, I think they're going to cruise by, you know, right down Victoria Avenue. We've got the Tim Hortons over there, so they'll uh, they'll pick me up. I'll be standing on the side uh, side of the road with my, with my thumb out, and they'll, they'll cruise by, make a stop, and away we go. Should be a good one. I had Scott Flory on the show yesterday talking about how the coaches poll doesn't really mean much, but they have you and the uh, UBC Thunderbirds neck and neck. This is interesting. Manitoba, like UBC starts slow. Manitoba sometimes starts fast and fades. This won't be an easy game in Winnipeg. Oh, it, it, I mean, it never is. It's never easy playing them in the beginning. They just they find s- supreme athletes every year. It just seems like they kind of reload in the uh, in the athletic department. So they do a really good job with that. And then playing there is always tough too. Like it's it's never easy. It's never easy. So no, it should be we're we're up for uh, we're up for challenge. And it's a favorite weekend, not only because U Sports starts, but because it's the Labor Day Classic, the 58th annual. I'll wrap things up with a prediction from me, but let's go with the Waldo Warriors. Let's start on special teams, which is close to your heart. Who's the Waldo Warrior you think for the Rough Riders to win? It's got to be Mario Alford. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know he's had you know four or five quiet games there 
Um, but, you know, playing in a game like this, the energy, playing at home, I mean, there's no good time like now to, to be able to get your hands on, on a football, maybe two, and uh, and get to the end zone because we're going to need it, right? We're going to yeah. need scoring all, in all facets. And uh, and he can be, he, he is a difference maker. He can be a game changer. And, you know, he's been quiet the last few weeks. But, you know, I know everybody's hoping that we can that we can we see him in the end zone this weekend. How the hell did T.J. Brunson get fined for that clean, hard hit? Or, you know, nowadays, I mean, I, I mean, it's it, it's crazy. I'm surprised they allow they allow people to tackle people. And they, they allow, <laughs> That's you, true. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's getting ridiculous. I mean, you you really are, you know, preventing people from from wanting to play football the way the way it's been intended. You know, I know the crackback blocks and yeah. you know the the what they call them the drive by hits and yeah. stuff away from the play is one thing, but I mean, a nice clean hard tackle like that. I mean, it's. It's, it really is ridiculous. Thank God my listeners raised the money to pay the fine, but he turned all over uh, all six hundred and fifty dollars over to uh, charity to kids sports. So that's good. Good, uh, good yeah, guy, crazy. endearing himself. Okay, so uh, Paul, you're a warrior on the next thing closest to your heart, defense. You know what? It, it it's gonna be Nick Marshall for me. Okay, and, you know, and that secondary, you know, in general. I mean, they are gonna have their hands full. You know, I don't know if there's a better receiving core. I mean, all all the all the receivers are pretty good in the league, but I mean, he is gonna he's gonna have his hands full. Um, and you know, even you know guys like Kenny Lawler, and you know, they line them up everywhere. It's just there's they they have three or four guys that are threats at all at all times. So it's it's gonna be a challenge. We gotta be able to to make sure we can we can control limit the big plays. And on offense, who is your a warrior on offense? You know, I'm going to go with Morrow. I mean, I, I think we're really going to have to be able to establish the ground game. Um, you know, we did a pretty good job with that, last, I guess, two weeks ago now, and it kind of opened things up for us to move the ball down the field in the air. So I really think we're going to have to be able to, to control our line of scrimmage. And, you know, if it doesn't work our way up front, you know, Morrow's got to, got to, got to make some, some plays happen. He's got to make guys miss, and hopefully they can get him the ball to the backfield too to kind of neutralize that, that pass rush, and, and, and hopefully he can get loose. Okay, so we use this cliche a lot in sports, Paul. Records go out the window, but they definitely do here. Uh, who do you got in this game and why? You know what? I'm going to go with the, with the good guys, the green guys. I think playing at home, coming off a big win, I mean, you know, if, if you can't beat one of the top teams, um, you know, two weeks ago when you were definitely the the, the heavy underdog um, and not come away with, with a boatload of confidence, and no matter who's playing, you know, at the quarterback or any positions, and then you know, I don't know, I don't know what can. So I think, you know, coming in at home, you know, I I, I think back, you know, even in the Labor Days that I would have played at home, I, I feel like we're up, feel like we're up fourteen nothing before before things even get going here, just because of the crowd and the energy. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna go twenty one seventeen. Yeah, low scoring game. I had twenty five twenty two Rough Riders. The one thing I do want to point out, and I think we need to really accentuate it, is that last yeah. game. There was a new bar set at home for, or just in general for um, energy and oh. for work ethic. Like, that's the new standard now. Anything less than that, like, we know what this team can do and they want to do it. That's the new standard now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing if you're still trying to get your feet wet and, you know, you don't know where you're at and you haven't really you know, played up to your potential and, you know, you're questioning a lot of things in terms of injuries and quarterback play and, and all that stuff, but they've done it now. They've done it. They've put it on film, you know, the eyes in the sky. And, and like I said, for themselves collectively across the board from a coaching staff to those players that are, that are on that field, flying around, making plays. I mean, they've shown they, they, they can do it. They could do it against, you know, the best defense in, in the league. I think from what we've heard the last few weeks, right. A, a pretty, a pretty good, 
pretty good Vernon Adams when he can play ball. So it's uh, it's it's going to be rocking this weekend. This guy was a student of the game when he played. He's a student now as a coach, and he's a student in the real estate game. And he could talk football with you, so he'd be happy to talk CFL, NFL, U sports while he's uh, showing you houses, getting the Absolutely. real estate game with this three-time Grey Cup champ and Regina football royalty at the Royal Page. It is Paul Waldo three zero six five zero two five three five five. Good luck in Manitoba. Thank you very much. Have a good one this weekend, Baldy. That's this week's installment of Waldu's Warriors as Michael Ball caught up with Paul Waldu earlier on today before Ballsy left for North Dakota. The North Dakota Fighting Hawks take on the Drake Bulldogs on Saturday. Ethan Ball back on the gridiron coming up here. Division One football down south. So uh, Ballsy will be taken in that game. And then heading back up to Regina. It's a shorter trek this year. Seven hours. Compared to, I'm trying to think what it, what is Lincoln to Regina? It's wasn't it like 12 or 14 hours yeah, he did? It's that was a long drive, but uh, it's going to be well worth it. Seven hours back, Ballsy's going to be thinking about the big game on the road back and thinking about a big Saskatchewan Rough Riders win, baby. I said it right here. I think the Riders are going to win this one coming up on Sunday. We're going to take a break and. On the other side, it is press coverage. We've got Glenn Suter, TSN's Glenn Suter. He's uh, waiting in the wings. He's ready to roll. And we're going to talk about, you know, the news of the day. Of course, uh, Ke- uh, Chad Kelly signing his brand new contract, three years, nearly $2 million. And maybe get a comment from Glenn about Nathan Rourke, because last time we talked with Glenn, it was, I believe, the day that he was waived or the day after he was waived. And now, officially, Nathan Rourke is back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, we're going to get a comment from Glenn Suter about that one. Coming up on the other side, you are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on this Thursday for 620 CKRM. All right, I'm Blaine Wyland back here at the Sports Cage desk with the sports ticker from Busy Bee Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Now, of course, today is August 31st. Back in the old days of Major League Baseball, this would be the second trading deadline, the waiver trade deadline, but that is no more as they got rid of that rule. But the LA Angels kind of put that back in play yesterday as they put out a few players on waivers, a couple notable ones, and the waiver wire was busy earlier today as the Cleveland Guardians and the Cincinnati Reds were very active. The Guardians claimed three pitchers, all coming from the Angels, including starter Lucas Giolito, relievers Matt Moore, and Ronaldo Lopez are heading to Cleveland after being claimed from the Angels, while the Cincinnati Reds, they picked up outfielder Hunter Renfro, and as well, they picked up Harrison Bader from the New York Yankees. The one Angel who was not claimed out of yesterday's exodus was Randall Gritchick, the outfielder, of course, who used to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. Speaking of the Blue Jays, they're off today. They are going to be beginning a series in the Malha City in Coors Field. Of course, the Colorado Rockies, that kicks off tomorrow. And some other Blue Jays news kind of leaking out today that first baseman Brandon Belt is going to be considering retirement after this season. Of course, Belt in his first season up north of the border with the Blue Jays spent majority of his career with the San Francisco Giants uh, before he headed here to Toronto. And that's a look at your sports ticker. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. 
It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And press coverage is for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Joined on the Western Pizza Hotline now by TSN's Glenn Suter. And Glenn, the news of the day here in the Canadian Football League. It's all over the place online, on the TVs, you name it. And of course, right here on the airwaves, the most... uh, you know, important one. No, I'm just kidding. Gone. TV's great as well. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts have made quarterback Chad Kelly the highest paid player in the Canadian Football League with a three-year contract worth $1.865 million, according to 3Down Nation. So uh, good news for the Toronto Argonauts today. They have their guy going forward. Uh, excellent news, not just for the Argos, but I think you know for the entire league. This isn't a this isn't a savior. No one player ever is, um, and this isn't going to completely change the fortunes overnight of a team, or you know, yeah, completely make uh, a huge difference. But it's going to you know as when you're trying to to turn that big ship in the water, it takes it takes time to make the full turn. And when the ship is bigger, it takes even longer. So, you know, I think this is a fantastic signing for a few reasons. For um, for Chad Kelly, um, he is a very good player that will only become better through experience. And, you know, I think we're scratching the surface on, on what he can really become. I, I think we've, first of all, he's walked it like he talked it in the offseason because he was very confident in interviews in the offseason. He's come in and produced. He's got his team out in front of everybody in the rec- in the win loss column, and you know this is a this is a championship caliber team that can be vying for the Great Cup every year. But what I liked about this too is what he said when he signed Sean because um, he he never alluded to uh, extending time while he's waiting for an opportunity in another league. What he did was said. He loves Toronto. He is committed to the Toronto Argonauts. Sure, I'll, I'll interject, um, you know, something that he didn't even bring up or say. I'll interject that every single player, no matter what their contract, has a window to sign in the NFL every year. And no one in the CFL is going to hold them back from the possibility of making life-changing money. So that, that remains the same for Chad Kelly every offseason. But he, he t- today talked about commitment to Toronto, how great the league is, how much he loves being part of this particular coaching staff organization, talked about how the organization has embraced his family and how important that is to him. He uh, talked about the fans in Toronto and being part of the community as far as, uh, you know, helping grow the brand and the, and the type of football that we play, the different rules and things like that. And he he really committed or at least talked about how committed he was to being an Argo and being part of this great league. And that, to me, is so important. The money part of it, Sean, even if, you know, I know this is, is something that a lot of people fixate on. You know, what was his contract? I always laugh when they talk about a quarterback in the NFL that is worth $20 million, but not twenty five. And I go, <laughs> when, when you're starting to talk about those kind of numbers, it, you know, it, it sounds absolutely ludicrous 
that you're seriously analyzing whether tw- the difference between 20 and 25 million. I mean, it, once you get to those numbers, it, it doesn't matter. It, who cares what they're making? I, to me, it, if if Chad Kelly was making $10 million a, uh, a play, he wouldn't be any different than he is right now. He'd be the same guy making the same big plays down the field. And that's why it's great. It's great because he's committed. It's great because he understands the messaging that's necessary here. He is a great player on the field that can lead that team for the next few years. And he's a great ambassador, quickly becoming a great ambassador for the Canadian Football League. Yeah, and I love how he always ends his interviews. Not saying I'm an Argonaut fan anything here, Glenn, but I love how he always says, Go Argos! You know, I just love his per- I love his personality. I love his personality. Chad Kelly, three more years with the Toronto Argonauts. And Glenn, you mentioned the NFL there. I think the last time we chatted on the airwaves, it might have been the day of when uh, Nathan Rourke was waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars or maybe the day after. But uh, this is the first time we have chatted with you since he has signed on the Jacksonville Jaguars practice roster. I believe this is the first time we've had a chat since Mm -hmm. then. So uh, are you surprised at all that Nathan Rourke has uh, chosen that route to stay in the National Football League this season? Oh, no, I haven't. And um, I'm not surprised uh, Mm -hmm. because... You know, I think when, you know, what we're seeing right now, if you saw any of his preseason, I know you did, but if any of the fans listening saw any of his preseason, you know, plays, they'll know just how good he looked. And that he, you know, the fact that he did not get picked up by 31 other teams and is going to be on a practice roster uh, is is really a, a transparency in what where the politics really lie in the NFL in a lot of ways. And and I'm not you know, I'm not going after the NFL here because there's politics in Canada. It's taken a long time for a Canadian quarterback to to break the ice, to crack the ceiling and actually get a chance and an opportunity. And Nathan Rourke has been one of the first guys in a long, long time to even get a chance and now Trey Ford is. So there's politics there too in a different way. But He's, he's realizing the politics right now in the NFL. But when you are 25 years old and you have your toe, and I'm going to just call it your toe in the door, of a chance to make game-changing or life-changing money, I'm talking about an opportunity to possibly in one year make enough money that you don't have to work again the rest of your life and your family is taken care of. When, when you're talking about that kind of chance, and you have your toe in the door, which is where he is now, I think you've got to take a look. Maybe a year you go through it, maybe even two years. You've got to see what, how the tea leaves look, you know, week to week, month to month, year to year. Uh, you know, I- I'd love to see him back. There's less politics, for certainly for him. He's going to be, you know, on the field. But if he gets back here... But I understand at 25 years old, never looking in the mirror and going, well, what if I would have stayed for a couple months in Jacksonville and just seen how things worked out? Maybe I could have made $30 million a year. Because if he really gets a chance to play, like a real opportunity to be a starter, he will be and he'll be a pro bowler. So that that means he'll be making life-changing money. So I I think he's got to kind of ride this out. I totally get it. And in the meantime, 
I, I just, I'll be watching, I'll be cheering for him, and I'll be hoping that one day he either plays in one of the two leagues and gets on the field and starts because you want to play for, because you love this game and you can make a living off it. He'll make good money up here, not like the NFL. Um, but I, I understand him, you know, going through it for a year or two. He's got his, he's got his toe in the door right now. Yeah. If he can get his foot in, and then maybe his calf. <laughs> maybe he could make. Maybe he could make life changing money. Yeah, but he's not. He's not going to wait around all you know for a long, long time to do that. He's not going to be one of those career practice roster guys no. living through the politics. He won't yeah. do that. I don't believe. Yeah, I mean, not, I'm not hoping for a Trevor Lawrence injury by any means. But when you think about it, I mean, Nathan Rourke is literally one play away from being on you know the active roster, and then after that, he is one play away from being on the field. So, you know, so technically he's two plays away, Glenn, when you think about it, you know, one play for yeah. Lawrence, one play for Bethar, and then there you go, Nathan Rourke's turn. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to take a break here, Glenn, and, of course, on the other side, let's talk about this Labor Day Classic. It's the arguably the biggest day on the CFL calendar, so can't wait to chat about that on the other side. This is press coverage with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Press coverage for Quality Tire with TSN's Glenn Suter here on the Western Pizza Hotline. It's 551 here. And uh, Glenn, 1984, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, finished the season with six wins. However... 1984 Labor Day Classic, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 30-25. to Fast forward a couple years, 1986, well, uh, your team finish, uh, finished rather 6-11-1. And, and the Labor Day Classic, though, you guys beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 34-30. to So it just kind of goes to show you can toss out the records come Labor Day. It's anybody's game coming up here on Sunday. It is, and it's a great weekend. Uh, I love the rivalries. I love the Canadiana of it. Um, you know, it all sort of culminates where the summer is winding down for families. Their kids are getting ready for the school school year, and it's kind of a sort of a last long weekend to, uh, you know, get patriotic, either civically or, or provincially, like, you know, if you're in Alberta, you've got two teams there. But if you're in Saskatchewan, it's provincial pride and pride in your colors and your team. And you get your family together. And the atmosphere in the building is really second to none. I mean, it's like playoffs. It's like a great cup at home. It's it's as close as you can get. I mean, it, it has a, a decibel level sound-wise like nothing else in the regular season. And players love it. They they just feed off it. Yeah. What's your vibe on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers so far this year? For me personally, like obviously their record is great. They're still winning a lot of football games, but to me they seem I don't know, not like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of say, you know, twenty nineteen or even like last year, year before. Uh it seems to me they are a more beatable team this time around. Do you kind of feel the same way? Well, you know, I could, I, I'll switch it around and say that there are other teams that have emerged and have become sort of solid uh, locker room teams like, like mm-hmm. the Argos, like I just mentioned, where Chad Kelly talked about how much he loves the locker room. 
and that he wants to play f- with these guys in the locker room. I mean, that that to me is one of the reasons, or one of the main reasons, that the Argos are top team in the league. And that's where Winnipeg has been for the last three or four years. And now the BC Lions are there. Now Montreal's getting close to that. You know, now there are other teams. Saskatchewan is building towards that as well. They're not quite there yet, I don't think, but they're building towards it. And, it, you know, the young quarterbacks aside, because you'll see a bit of a roller coaster there, um, the the teams are solid and more teams are challenging the top dog. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you're, you're probably feeling like, you know, I think this Bomber team yeah. is beatable. I still think the Bombers, Sean, are the best team in the league. I, I do. I still believe it. Because I look at all three phases, especially with Janarian Grant possibly coming back. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but um, he may be this week or next. Uh, there goes their special team unit even better. And, you know, offensive and defensively, they're as good as anybody in the league. So that's why I still think they're the best team in the league, veterans, and they play for each other. Yeah, I just want to backtrack again. Uh, going back to that 1984-1986 game, Glenn, or games, uh, what do you remember from those two games in particular? I remember um, coming out of the room, especially the 84, because that would have been my first, first year. First year, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm coming out of the room and not being able to feel my feet <laughs> because I was so pumped. Because, you know, it's it's not just the game. It's, it's sort of the week building up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the big autograph session. And when we had the autograph session like all of Taylor field on field is jam packed with, with kids and families all wearing green and white and all wanting to come in and say hi and get an autograph and, and just, you know, getting close to the fans like that and engaging with them and understanding their passion a little bit more. That's where the young guys go, Oh, oh, I'm starting to get this rider pride thing. And, um, and then it builds in and you feel even a little bit more responsible for making sure you please the fans and you know you, you you come out of that gate on labor day and like i said you feel like you're about a foot off the ground and it takes that first kickoff cover team to to settle in but <laughs> uh, but it's very it's very physical you can barely hear your teammate on the field and especially tough for the winnipeg offense on labor day and then the rematch is the opposite um, but it's that that's what I remember most was just the engagement of the fans leading up and then the fan noise and participation on game day. Yeah, and uh, Glenn, the last time out, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, TJ Brunson, that bone-shattering hit on special teams, of course he was fined for that hit, but uh, the last couple weeks here, uh, listeners of the sports cage, they pitched in and, you know, I think we raised like six... $150. Ultimately, uh, TJ Brunson is donating that money to Kids Sport here in Saskatchewan, which is great. Where I'm going with this is, at any point, were you like very surprised about you know the Ryder fans and the fan base? Was there a moment in time, you know, whether it was you know your first couple games uh, at Taylor uh, at Taylor Field? When was the moment where you really realized what uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans were all about? Well, I think I think it, you know I I knew of the of the legend of it. Yeah. You know I I I knew when I when I got off the plane and and looked at Taylor Field from the outside and I've told this story many times but I looked at it and thought if I could just play one play in there it would be a you know a lifelong 
dream come true. And, uh, you know, I thought of, of the great Ronnie Lancaster. I thought of George Reed and the history and all of that. And But it wasn't until, you know, the Labor Day weekend mm-hmm. when I actually really felt it. And that's what I mean. It's that, that autograph session, the discussion in the city, you go to the mall and it's really intense. Um, that's, that's when I felt it. And that's when it was like, Oh, okay. I see what this is. Yeah. This, is uh, this is cool. <laughs> and let's go out and win a game for these guys. Cause they're behind us 100%. And that's why the records are thrown out. I don't care what, if you haven't won in two weeks, or two years, I should say, you you will play hard on Labor Day. Yeah, and it's a tough game to, you know, uh, predict if, just for that reason. How do you see this uh, game going on Sunday? Because literally, I think anything can happen. Well, you know, I I know that, um, you know, Michael and I will, will break it down in pregame mm-hmm. a little bit as far as real specifics. But I, I honestly think, and it's not talked about much, but the key to playing against the Bombers is... Brady Oliveira, I, I, I really believe, first of all, cool to see that the best running back in the league, and, you know, the, the Riders have a couple of good ones, don't get me wrong, but the best mm-hmm. running back in the league is Canadian. Um, I think that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think if you can contain him and, and really put them in second along constantly, they have a great receiving core and, and arguably the best, most experienced quarterback in the league, but I think he's the key. I, I really do think he's the key. So, but you know, this is about emotion and physicality. And by the way, how was he fined for that hit on the cover I teams? I, uh, come on, I, I don't get that That's one why either. Nation stepped up. We raised six hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks because we could smell the malarkey in the air, Glenn. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. But hey. Um, I'll, I'll see if I if I talk to Darren Hackwood in the next little while. I'll see if I can figure out what the exact no. decision there was. But at the end of the day, um, the physicality on Labor Day is like is like nothing you see. It's got playoff level um, intensity, and yeah, I I can't wait this year because all the matchups for Labor Day have intrigue with. Edmonton winning two games in a row, Toronto and Hamilton. Hamilton coming off a win against the BC Lions in BC. Come on. (laughs) You can't write better storylines for this. And then the Bombers and Saskatchewan kicking it off on Sunday. Uh, as far as the, the rivalry matchup. Yeah, the classics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'll tell you what, I, I'm excited. You got me pumped up, I, I'm Sean. just going to say, go I right think now. I got the goosebumps going for you, Glenn Suter. We're ready to roll here. <laughs> hey, thanks for the time, Glenn. We'll chat with you on the pregame show on Sunday. Thanks, Sean. Take care, man. That's awesome. TSN's Glenn Suter on the Western Pizza Hotline, Thursday's edition of press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. And that puts a bow on Thursday's edition of the Sports Cage. Tomorrow's show will be broadcasted live from Mosaic Stadium ahead of the Regina Rams season opener versus the UBC Thunderbirds. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff tomorrow night with the pregame show on the air right here on Sask Milk, Regina Rams football at 6 30 p.m so until then i'm sean kleisinger alongside blaine wyland have yourself a nice night